Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Social Enterprise Alliance podcast. This week's episode is an interview with Catherine Berg, who is the founder of Will and Atlas. Catherine holds a lifelong appreciation for craftsmanship and one-of-a-kind treasures, a love honed over decades of travel and running a French antiques import business with her late husband, William. Together, the Bergs built what is now known as Will and Atlas, a home decor and accessories line partnering directly with fair trade artisans in Bangladesh. The name Will and Atlas is both a reflection of global community and a tribute to Will, who tragically passed away in 2019. Will's legacy and the heart of Will and Atlas is woven into every design, championing heritage crafts, sustainability, and goods with intention. Before we get to the episode, we also want to make sure you know about our holiday gift guide at toastinggood.com. And Will and Atlas is one of our featured members. Welcome, Catherine, to the podcast. Hello, Catherine. Welcome to the Social Enterprise Alliance podcast. Hello, Lauren and David. Thank you so much for having me today. We are so thrilled to get to talk with you and chat more about Will and Atlas and your amazing story in social enterprise and everything that you're going to continue to do as well. Thank you. Thank you. Why don't we start by just kind of the basics? So first of all, what is your story? How did you first get involved in social enterprise? So, um, you know, growing up, both of my parents worked in healthcare. So the concept of work in service to others was, you know, there from the beginning. Um, we moved a lot when I was very young. My father worked for the public health service. So by the time I was eight, we'd already lived in four different places. Um, and as a pretty shy kid, um, books were my best friend, um, you know, escaping into stories of far off lands and travel and magic um, was really uh, key to who, who I was as a young child. Um, as I grew, um, I developed an interest in photography and documentary films um, and telling other people's stories. Eventually, that led to a career in film and television production. Um, I worked in Hollywood. I worked for PBS. Um, I had a pretty eclectic um, work life, um, but I was I was looking for more at that point. Um, and as luck would have it, I met my husband at an antique fair. Um, I had studied many languages, French being the primary one, um, was a Francophile, and he was selling French antiques. So it was pretty much love at first sight. Um, eventually, I joined him in his business. We traveled, uh, we imported antiques, um, we did everything ourselves, um, and then we would sell um, the antiques in the States. Um, we added three children to our, to our lives. Um, our oldest uh, surprised us by coming three and a half weeks early and also having Down syndrome. So that um, rocked our world and kind of opened up our eyes to um, a whole nother level of experience in the world. Um, we, my husband would often say, you know, we went from color to technicolor um, and just how, how our lives opened up and our hearts opened up. Um, we 
started Will and Atlas in, we began the idea in 2018 um, and then launched in 2019. And then later in that year, um, had <laughs> a series of, of things happen. In late 2019, um, I was diagnosed with a potentially serious medical condition. Um, then following month, uh, William was working and had a heart attack and died unexpectedly. And then two months after that, the entire world shut down for the pandemic. So it was three major life events that kind of happened all within five months. Um, during that time, we had already, you know, already started the business. We were starting to grow. The pandemic hit. I had, you know, was dealing with health issues and grief. Um, and it really forced me to dig deep um, and find strength I didn't know I had to make a plan for the life, the time that I had left. And it really kind of doubled down my commitment to working as a social entrepreneur, um, to making sure the business that I was running was supporting every person along the way um, in a fair and equitable way. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, it's been a crazy four years um, in many, many ways on a personal level, a professional level. So, yeah. wow, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's quite, that's certainly quite a journey. Uh, yeah. And, you know, grief is one of those things where it's just so hard and it's not something that ever goes away. And yet uh, it can also be a source for strength. So to hear that in your story is really inspiring as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a lot of change in a very short amount of time, a lot of tragedy. So it is, it is. Um, and, you know, one of the things I come back to and that kind of got me through that time, one, I'm very lucky to have an amazing network of friends and family. Um, I certainly couldn't have gotten through any of that on my own. You know, and I am someone who has always preached community, but accepting help was always very difficult for me. And I literally couldn't do it all myself. So um, learning to accept help was a huge lesson. And it also, um, you know, kind of clarified for me the, the path I'd like to to live moving forward. Wow. Yeah. It is so important to have community supporting you in both in life and in, you know, career and calling and, and business. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to hear, like, that's obviously a key part of it. As a solo entrepreneur, you know, you are a, a female led business and you're an artisan based business and you know, you, you're a small business and you're doing this on your, mm -hmm. I mean, not on, on your own, but you're the, you're the head of it also as a solo entrepreneur, what are some of the challenges you face and how do you address those challenges? Yeah. So, um, going from working in partnership where, you know, we had each other to bounce everything off of to, it was suddenly all on my shoulders, um, was a lot, sure. <laughs> you know, the realization that I literally can't do it all on my own um, was a really important lesson to learn first. I actually remembered a conversation I had with a friend of mine of, you know, I kept thinking I should be able to do this. I should be able to do that. Um, and she said, well, let's see, write down everything you think you should be able to accomplish in a 24 hour period. And so I did. And then I started reading it back to her and we were laughing our heads off because 
five people couldn't do all of those things in a 24 hour period. So sure. <laughs> learning to um, accept reality and my own limitations um, and then prioritize, you know, working smarter, um, hiring experts, reaching out to my network of friends and family um, who all work in diverse careers who, um, you know, one of my best friends runs um, several nonprofit organizations. So she is always a really good resource. Uh, I have another friend who specializes in graphic design. So turning to my network to get me through some of these challenges was really, really key. Yeah, that's huge. I definitely relate to what you're saying about the to-do list in a 24-hour yeah. period. So <laughs> I'm sure that's relatable to most of our listeners too, because when you're in you know, this space, particularly a lot of spaces, but I do find with, you know, social enterprises, you're trying to do something good in the world. So there's all this added pressure, even sometimes of like, okay, well, I have to do all these things in this amount of time and it it can be overwhelming. So it's, it's really helpful to be able to simplify, to delegate all that. So that's great. That's really great. Yeah. Yeah. And be for me on a personal level, you know, I've, I'm someone who is always more comfortable behind the scenes. So it's really forced me to come out of my shell, out of my comfort zone, do things like podcasts <laughs> um, in service to the business and service to Will and Atlas because it is, it is everything to me. It's, it's so important. So one of the things that I'm going to be curious about is learning more about Will and Atlas and then your story. Obviously, there was, a, there was some kind of draw to Bangladesh specifically. Mm-hmm. So what was what was that like? How did you first become partnered with that community and those artisans? What does that look like today? And what does the impact look like that you're having there? So um, many years ago, William had an opportunity to travel in Bangladesh um, and to meet different artisan groups and to, you know, go into all the villages and talk to the women who were, were doing this work. Um, and he was so moved by, by their stories, by the way that they were able to come into their own power by having some economic freedom, by being able to contribute to the household, to buying a house, property, their own clothes. You know, that was really an impactful experience for him. Um, he remained close with the head of our main artisan group. She's become a family friend. And so that that connection made it clear where we needed to start. Yeah. So then what does that partnership continue to look like now? Yeah. So our main uh, artisan group that we work with primarily works with women all over the country with uh, providing healthcare, job training. Um, they have a safe house. They are incredible. They just do amazing, amazing things. And how it looks now is you know, some of the products I design myself um, will go through the sampling process, refine it, and get it ready for the, the U.S. market. Um, other times there's designs that they come up with that they really want, you know, their artisans to, to keep making. Um, so I might modify them slightly for my market, but then I uh, order and represent those, those products here in the States. Being able to dip my toes into the design process has been an amazing experience. And seeing how they can take this, you know, very rough sketch that I come up with and then make it real, um, I'm just in awe of their talent. That's super cool. I, I mean, that, that right there indicates there's such a strong partnership. 
Definitely, definitely. Um, you know, and I try to focus on uh, materials and techniques that are easily available to all of our different artisan groups. We work primarily in, in jute, some in palm fiber, um, just gotten into some other styles of baskets, um, as well as rugs and floor coverings. That's awesome. And I'm, yeah. I'm just curious too, from, from your perspective, do you see, you know, your, your background in like the antiquing and the, and the, the French antiques that you imported influencing kind of some of the styles or just at least kind of giving you an idea of what the market wants? Like how does that play into it? Definitely. And um, that's definitely a part of, of the aesthetic. Um, you know, for me, the beauty of a well-crafted object, whether it's an antique um, or something that was, you know, crafted by hand, is that, you know, one, it's beautiful, and two, that it's useful um, in everyday life. It's not just something sitting on a shelf. It's something that you can actually use. There's a tangible uh, connection to the person that made it and how you're able to use it in your everyday life. That's beautiful. And it's so important, you know, we talk about a lot of things on this podcast, conscious consumerism being one of them. And, you know, do you know where your products are coming from? Do you know the story behind them? And that's obviously a key part of, of what you're doing here, which is really needed and really, really powerful. Yeah. And I would say that just the, the usefulness and the mindfulness behind not something that's just aesthetically pleasing, but, but really having that use speaks to that consumerism too. It's not like we're not trying to buy a guilt purchase and here's something that looks mm -hmm. pretty, although there's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with that too, uh, yeah. but you can have functionality. Uh, I think also creates a sustainability for the products that you're selling. Definitely. Definitely. The, the orders that we place with our artisan groups are, are just a small part of their organizations. Um, but, you know, by having consistent orders, it, it gives them uh, the funding and opportunities to sustain some of their other programs that they do. So being just a small part of it um, is, is really fulfilling and important. That's fantastic. Have you heard any kind of success stories from your artisans that have made an impact on you? So several of the programs that they run have, you know, I, I get stories of just amazing results. One of them, the most recent one, was a mobile breast cancer screening unit that they were able to take out into the villages. Um, and there were several women who, you know, because it was caught early, they were able to get into treatment and their lives were literally saved. Another thing that happened recently was um, I was placing an order with uh, the artisan group that does our rugs. Um, and I sent the order off and got an email back from the head of that organization saying, hey, we're, we're working on raising funds for one of our longtime artisans. They lost their roof. Um, there was a, a big storm and we're raising funds so she can get a new roof. So would you mind increasing the quantity of your order? And I was able to go in and, you know, double some things and increase where I could, knowing that those funds were directly going to help someone um, literally with their home. So that, that's an amazing result of, of just doing business. You know, one of the things that I'm very proud of is, you know, during the beginning of the pandemic when, you know, big companies were canceling orders right and left, um, I reached out to my two main artisan groups and said, you know, how can I help? How can we 
continue working safely. Um, what do we have on hand? <laughs> but what do we want to do? Um, and from that, you know, they said, we have all of this cotton fabric that we use for our aprons. Can we do something with that? So I designed a line of holiday stockings using that fabric. And the women were able to have sewing machines in their homes um, and continue to, to work through, through that time. You know, I extended our range of totes and shoppers during that time for the same reason, because they were able to work safely at home. Yeah. So now I'm curious, obviously lots of pivots, and I think that that's really yep. important to uh, think about just future success, uh, obviously, to, to be sustainable. That's going to be something that every business does on a regular basis, and we are all forced to have a lot of pivots, and it sounds like you pivoted really well. What is the future of Will and Atlas, and, <laughs> and where do you see the next pivots coming? You know, what are the, what are the guesses that you have in place, but how do you see the you uh, continue to grow and have impact? That's a great question. Um, my main focus right now is growing our sales network. Um, that was an area in which uh, William was our key salesperson because um, he was so good at, at, those, at those skills. Me, I'm slowly learning uh, how to build a sustainable network of wholesale customers, um, direct-to-consumer retail, um, one of the pivots we did during the pandemic was starting to drop ship for um, some major retailers, and that has been a, a lifesaver. So just kind of look at all the different places where we can find uh, a piece of the market. So growth in sales is definitely front of mind. I, you know, in my heart, I would love to be able to support initiatives in Bangladesh that support families with children with Down syndrome um, and get connected to one of no, I, I know there is one organization that's, um, I believe, in Dhaka, but I don't know, you know, in the villages, are there any kinds of supports for the family? Are the kids, you know, supported in education? Um, that's something that's very near and dear to my heart. You know, as well in the States, I was thinking last night, I, I have a dream of creating, you know, a workshop or opportunity for young adults with Down syndrome to be able to be their own entrepreneurs, to start their own businesses. So that's something further down in the future that I hope to be able to, to create. Wow, that's beautiful. Very exciting. Well, we'll, we'll stay tuned and, and plug <laughs> into the work that you're doing. Thank that's you. Fantastic. And I love that too. It's like once you start becoming a social entrepreneur and helping people, you start to see all the other people that you can empower through uh, an organization. So kudos to you for to, to be thinking beyond just where you began. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, the fact that um, that's, that's one of the things I think about when I'm raising my, my three boys is teaching them our interconnectedness. Um, you know, people, planet, no matter where you are, you know, we all um, have love. We all have grief. We all have, you know, struggles and finding our way through them connected and supported as it's a dream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. That's so beautiful. So where can our listeners find your products? Where can they support the amazing work that you're doing? So um, on our website, uh, willandatlas.com is where we have, have everything. Uh, we're on social media. We're on Instagram. Um, we're will.and.atlas. <laughs> and uh, then also we're, you know, we have a network of smaller boutiques um, and retailers throughout the country. And then we're on a few other major sites as well. So, but yeah, mostly on our website. 
That's fantastic. We also have Will and Atlas products in the SCA slash Toasting Good holiday gift guide. So be sure to check out the guide and check out Will and Atlas's beautiful products there. Cool. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for, for joining us and sharing your story and, and persevering through all the work and keeping the passion going. So it makes a big difference and, and it's certainly an inspiration to us and our listeners. Absolutely. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you both for having me. Um, you know, I, I stumbled, stumbled across your organization late one night during the pandemic um, and was just so excited to learn about a community of, of people doing such amazing work, some similar to what I'm doing. So thank you for all that you do. Thank you, Catherine.